0: It's been a joyful morning for us. Uh, First hour, we had a 16-year-old girl who had placed faith in Christ a month ago as well. And then second hour, a 72-year-old gentleman who had placed faith in Christ a month ago and now Jasmine this hour. And so it is a reminder that it is the invitation of our gracious God to bring our sin to him that we might be forgiven and born again. And we hope that that is a faith that you have engaged in. It's the faith that we're going to talk about this morning, a a saving faith in Jesus. If you have a Bible with you, we're going to look at it from 1 Thessalonians. It's a letter we started last week. It's closer to the back of your Bible, uh, right before 2 Thessalonians, by the way. Uh, 1 Thessalonians, it's a... a letter written to a new church, really like Jasmine called herself a baby Christian. This is almost like a baby church. A year and a half old the church is when Paul writes this letter, this note to them. We looked at last week, and I want us to review quickly this morning, how this church started. The church, excuse me, the city, Thessalonica, had about 200,000 people in it, who had never heard about the gospel of Jesus. They worshiped other gods, and they trusted in other things they had never heard about Jesus. And so Acts 17 records the historical account of when a, a man named Paul and a man named Silas take the gospel to this city. It says in Acts 17:1, they, Paul and Silas, came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. So where Jews would gather on a weekly basis for their own worship and instruction. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. So as we would know, our Bible, the Old Testament, he took the Old Testament out and he was reasoning from them teaching from the old testament this explaining and giving evidence that the christ jesus of nazareth had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying this jesus whom i'm proclaiming to you is the christ so he's making the case for them that jesus of nazareth is the christ the one sent by god to be their savior he did it for three weeks, it says. I think he was there longer than that, but that's how he started. Three weeks, and it says, after reasoning with them and explaining and giving the evidence that some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large number of the God-fearing Greeks and a number of the leading women. So notice... That what happens, those who were persuaded come from, first of all, Jewish individuals who were gathering at the synagogue of the Jews. Some who were God-fearing Greeks, Gentiles like the vast majority of us in here who aren't Jewish. There were some Gentiles who believed that Jesus is the Christ. They were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. And a number of leading women. So men and women, Jewish and Gentile believed and were born again and a church was started right after this paul and silas get run out of town because people were rising were against the message of jesus so they end up out of town and traveling on to a city called corinth and in corinth paul there is declaring the gospel and planting a starting a church there he stays in corinth for a year and a half During that time, he writes a letter back to these folks who were what we called baby Christians a year and a half in, and he writes them a letter about their own faith. So that's background. Now 1 Thessalonians 1, here is the rest of the story of the saving faith that happened in Thessalonica. Verse 1. It says, Paul and Sil- Silvanus, that's Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your, listen, work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope and our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Now, what I take from that, let's just pause there. What I take from that is when when Paul says, I make mention of you in my prayers regularly, he is letting us know he cares for them. Because I don't know if you ever thought about this, but we pray for people who we care about, right? That's why you pray about yourself the most. Seriously. Because we think about ourselves the most, generally. Generally. So we pray for who we care for. We haven't prayed for the Thessalonians. I don't think anybody in here has ever prayed for the Thessalonians. We don't know. We don't care about them. Not being me, we just don't care about them. But Paul cared about them. Because he was there when they had not believed and then they believed. They were in his heart. and So he prayed for them. And when he prayed for them, he says, when I think about you, here's what comes to mind. I remember your work of faith your labor of love and your steadfastness of hope. And that really stuck out to me because, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. So in Christianity, if you will, the big three are faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is is love. So I am struck by when Paul thinks of these new believers He's already struck by, man, I remember for you for your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness, even as new in Christ, your steadfastness and hope. Uh, I'm struck by that because I wonder what it would be like in Jacksonville if when people heard the chapel or they heard CFC, they thought, ah, I've heard about their faith, their love, and their hope. That'd be pretty powerful, wouldn't it? We'd have a far greater impact on this city if that's what people thought of. They thought of our faith, hope, and love. Because when people think about other people, they think about things. When I turned 40, Jackie decided to throw me a birthday party over in the Family Life Center, but it was a, a roast. Which, if you don't know what that means, a roast simply means that all your friends get together and laugh at you as they say mean stuff about you, but it's your birthday present. Nice, huh? (laughs) Isn't that the the sum up of roasts? Let's get all together and laugh at you for your birthday. And I was trying to explain this to my kids driving there that night because I knew what was going to go down. And my seven-year-old, Abby, at the time, she was just beside it. That's so mean, Daddy. And I had to, it was like, yeah, we're trying to to be nice, and now all my friends are going to be mean the whole night. And so I was letting her know they're not going to be mean. They really love me. And by the way, I can tell you now what they're going to tell me. They're going to make, they're going to talk about two things everybody for two hours is going to be dug short and Doug's cheap. That's all it's going to be. For two hours, dug short and cheap. And I thought, oh, that's great. At 40, I'm known for short and cheap, and they're known for faith, hope, and love. I have got a long way to go. But we all, get, we all are known by something. I, I want us to focus this morning. What was their work of faith that he remembered? And then next week, What was their labor of love that he would go, I'll never forget it? And what would that look like here? And in two weeks, when he thought about their hope and the steadfastness of it, what was he remembering? And how might we have that level of hope in our body as well? All right, so that's the next three weeks. This morning, when he thought of work of faith, what did he think about? Well, we don't have to guess. He says it in this first chapter. If you drop down to verse 9, he he says this, for they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you. So just pause there. All he's saying is we have heard that the word on the street is that when we came to you, here's how we were received. And, And here's the word on the street about the Thessalonians, their work of faith. How you turn to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, that is whom? Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. So what Paul is saying is that I remember your work of faith, how I came to you and you turned to God from See, to turn to God means that there must be a turning from something. And he remembered their work of faith as the story of them turning from a previous belief. See, so you, don't, you don't turn to God from nothing. You were trusting in something. You were hoping in something. You were believing in something before you believe in God. And the Thessalonians were believing in one of two things, primarily. Some of the people who turned to God had turned to God from being religious Jews. What would have a religious Jew believed in before they had turned to God in Jesus? What would they believed in? I think they would have believed in who they were and what they did. Galatians 2.15 says it this way. We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Does that tell you how they see themselves? Uh, We we don't see ourselves like those Gentiles. We're the people of God. We are the chosen ones. But Paul goes on to say, who is Jewish himself, he goes on to say, Nevertheless, in other words, even though we're Jewish, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, by, not justified by being good, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we, we who are Jewish, have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. So when he went to Thessalonica and he went to the synagogue of the Jews, He explained to them, Jesus, and they were hearing it through the, no, we have trusted in who we are and how good we are. They had been ones who, when they turned from a previous belief, they were turning from trusting in their heritage. They were turning from trusting in their good works. Now, I want to visualize this for us. When they were turning, they were turning from their heritage, their family tree, and the weight. This is my wife's, not mine, by the way. The weight of their good works. So, understand what I'm saying. When Paul showed up in Thessalonica, he spoke about Jesus to Jewish Followers who believed, now we're God's chosen people and we are saved by our obedience to the law. And they turned from believing that. That's what he remembered about their work of faith. But it wasn't just Jewish people who were persuaded. Who else was persuaded? Gentiles. What were they turning from? Were they turning from morality and good works? No. And they weren't Jewish, so they didn't trust in their heritage. He said in verse 9, how you turn to God from idols. See, Jewish people were turning from their heritage and good works. The, The Gentile was turning from their worship of idols. And there would have been numerous ones in Thessalonica. Most prevalent would have been one that maybe you've heard before. Dionysus. You ever heard the Greek god Dionysus? That would have been... An idol worshipped in Thessalonica. Let me tell you about. Dionysus, the 13th god of the Greeks, was often depicted as the inventor of wine abandoned in revelry. Followers of Dionysus believed he was the presence otherwise defined as the craving within man that longs to let itself go and to give itself over to baser earthly desires so does anybody in Jacksonville probably worship Dionysus now not by name but by principle yeah Uh, living for themselves so to illustrate if Dionysus was indeed the inventor of wine what the Greeks were turning from the Gentiles were turning from was that life of living for themselves and for their own pleasure See, as worshipers of Dionysus, uh, they, they go on to say what some might resist as the lustful wants of the carnal man, followers of uh, Dionysus embraced. They didn't resist, they embraced as the incarnation of power that would in the next life liberate the souls of men from the constraints of the present world and from the customs which sought to define respectability. How? Through obedience. To moral law. So they were putting that aside. Now, let me make sure you're following me. When he went to Thessalonica and he began to reason and explain from the scriptures, he was explaining to Jewish people your obedience to the law can never justify you because you'll never be good enough. You can be better, but you'll never be good enough. You'll never be perfect. No matter how much you're. And just because you're a child of Abraham, does not make you automatically one of God's children. And he was saying to the Greeks, you're living for yourself and seeking to satisfy your pleasures, to let yourself go and do whatever feels good. But that will not satisfy, and that will not gain you right relationship with God. Only only this Jesus, who is the Christ, who died and rose Can save you. That's and some what does it say? They were persuaded and they turned from the Jew from the good heritage and good works, the Gentile, they turned from their trusting in their man made idols, the fulfilling of what they wanted to do. So that's a turning from. But if you're turning from, then there is a turning... Correct? You with me? If you turn from something, you turn to. And what did they turn to? Well, let's go back again and read what we read earlier. When Paul went there, he was explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you, is the Christ. And they were persuaded, and they turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. See, what's happening is this. They heard something different than what they had believed in. And were, by the power of the Spirit, that we'll talk about in a few weeks, they were persuaded. And therefore, they turned from this and they turned to what? They turned to... They turned to believing in Jesus. You see what's happening? This is... He's remembering their saving faith, how you used to believe in this... But then, when you heard about Jesus, you turned from this, and you turned to believing in Jesus. Turned from, and you turned to. This is the work of saving faith. Turning from, and turning to. But he's specific about what he proclaimed about Jesus. When when we say we believe in Jesus, we're saying that we believe that Jesus was the Son of God. We're saying we believe that Jesus died as the Son of God to take the sin, the, the penalty for sin that we deserve, and He by His death will rescue us from the wrath of God that we deserve that the punishment for our sin is poured out on him. When we believe in Jesus, we're saying, he's the son of God and he died in my place. And he not only died in my place, we're saying when we believe in Jesus that we believe that God raised him from the dead. And as a living savior, he will return again. So to, to say we believe in Jesus is to believe he's the son of God that he died and his death was to pay the penalty for sin to rescue you and I who deserve the wrath of God because of our sin that he took it upon himself but that God raised him from the dead and he as the living savior will return again can you look up here for a moment he went into Thessalonica, some were trusting in living for themselves, some were trying to be good, and they changed their mind that that was what life was for, and they turned from it, and they believed in Jesus. Now, I want you to really focus on that word, in, for this reason. It's one thing to believe something about Jesus. It's totally different to believe in Jesus. Let me illustrate the difference between believing something about him and believing in him. Friday morning I got up and I was looking forward to a a good big breakfast. And I like to make big breakfast actually. So I got out the eggs and, and then I went to the bottom drawer of our fridge to look for our bacon. And we were out of bacon, which is like a fatal sin in our house, not allowed to be out of bacon. So there's no bacon there, but there is uh, in an old Ziploc bag a package of Italian sausages that was, there had been four of them at one point, my wife's now hanging her head, she can't believe I'm telling you this, but there's three of them been eaten and there was one left and I thought, hmm, I can't even remember when we ate those other ones. So they had some age to them, if you know what I mean. And they were in a Ziploc bag and I pulled them out and I I opened up the Ziploc bag and whew, that's definitely got the smell of age to it. So I grabbed it super slimy, turned on the hot water and washed it off so it felt better. And I throw it in the, uh, (laughs) it's it's fine. It's my belief about everything. It's gonna be fine. Jackie walks in and goes, what is that smell? And of course, I'm not going to tell her because then she's going to give me a speech about eating bad food and all that stuff. So I don't say anything. And she starts sniffing around. She starts picking stuff up. And then she goes, it's the sausage. You can't eat that. That'll make you sick and tells me all the things that's going to happen to my body. And it'll be fine. It'll be fine. My son who has been sick all night goes, dad, I can smell it over here. You're not going to eat that, are you? And I'm thinking, Dude, you're a man. You're on my side. We eat meat. We don't care. We just cook the junk out of it. So I just kept it on the frying pan, cooked it plenty good, and, and then it was done, and they were harassing me the whole time about that I was going to eat this. So I finished, made my eggs, had it there. Now, did they believe that was Italian sausage? Did you believe that was Italian sausage? Yes, she believed it was Italian sausage. Did she believe in the Italian sausage? Did she? Did my son believe in the Italian sausage? How do you know they didn't believe in it? Because they were like, you're going to die and throw up and bad things are going to happen. And I'm not going to feel sorry for you because I'm telling you right now. But I believed in it. Because I, I ate it. Oh, come on. Are you serious? You were uncertain about the close of that story? Of course I ate it. At this point, I was committed. Even if I was going to do bad, I was committed. I was going to eat it. And no problem yesterday, and I'm doing good today so far. If you believe in the Italian sausage, you, you eat it. If you believe in Jesus, you turn from what you used to believe in and you trust in him. And that trust is shown in a very profound way. You turn to God from idols to, you don't miss this, to serve a living and true God. Watch what happened. They had lived their lives in this way. Paul showed up, explained to them, reasoned with them. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sin. God rose him from the dead so that you could walk in newness of life. And he is going to come back again, believe and be born again. And they believed in Jesus. How do we know? Because they turned from what they had once trusted in and they believed in Jesus and did what? And now lived, served the true and living God. That is, when Paul says, I always pray for you remembering your work of faith. Here's what he's remembering. You watching? Here's what he's remembering. He's He's remembering they used to do this, then they did this, and they did that. That's saving faith. To turn from what you once believed in to turn to believe in Jesus resulting in he's my life, he's my Lord, he's the owner. Not that, this. So what's it mean to believe in Jesus in Jacksonville in 2019? Well, There are people in Jacksonville, Jewish and Gentile, who still believe in their heritage. People who say, well, I was born a Christian. What that means is I've always gone to church. But you need to know, no one's ever been born a Christian. What Ryan said as he explained baptism. We weren't born in relationship with God. We were born separated from God, guilty. So no one's been born a Christian. And no one becomes a Christian because your parents went to church or your parents served in the church or your parents helped build the church. So heritage in 2019 won't save you. In 2019, good works won't save you. Because who could really ever be so good that they would be perfect see actually I've never met anybody yet who would declare oh I'm perfect but I've met lots of people who think I'm not that bad and that may be you you may be thinking I'm going to be okay with God because I'm not that bad I haven't killed anybody I haven't cheated on my spouse I used to be bad, but I'm better now. I don't cuss as much. I go to church now. And you're turning your life around from bad works to good works, and that's what you're hoping in. But we're saved by grace through faith and not by our works. We can't be saved. No man, Galatians 2.15, I read it to you. No man can be justified by keeping the law by their morality. There are a of people who are in Jacksonville in 2019 are living life for themselves, doing their own thing, pursuing what feels good, to which the scripture says our, our sins bring the wrath of God upon us we deserve his wrath but that we could be forgiven by turning from and trusting in Jesus but there's more going in going on now maybe than and maybe this was going on Thessalonica but it wasn't portrayed lots of us trust in our resources and we're living for our stuff Others, they're not trusting in Jesus. Who are they trusting in? I'm trusting in me. Trusting in self. See, how many people have been burned by their parents or burned by their spouse or burned by someone they cared for and they went, all right, I'm done trusting other people. The only person I can really trust is me because the only person who really cares about me is me. The only person who's going to look out for me is me. And so I live for me. That's who I'm trusting in. That may be what you're living for yourself. Others are trusting in their intellect. They're trusting in their own thinking. They've taken a little bit they've heard here and a little bit that they've heard here and and a little bit that they've heard here and they've grouped it all together and they've developed their own little man religion for themselves this is this is how i believe a person gets right with god we develop our own system of thinking and especially in our culture of individualism where we're like well this is the way i think this is what works for me and two, all of this all of this Saving faith is to say, watch, I was wrong. I was wrong in thinking that could save me. I was wrong in thinking that could satisfy. I was wrong in thinking this was what life was about. And I changed my mind. And I turned to Jesus. Because I believe. He's the son of God. I believe he's the truth. I believe he paid the penalty that I can't pay for myself. I believe that he raised from the dead and I believe he's coming back and I believe as my savior, he is my Lord. That's saving faith in 2019. Have you trusted in Jesus? Turn from this and trusted in Jesus. Instead, what seems to be more popular, the greater practice today, and this is why many folks are confused as to, am I a Christian or i am not a Christian? I think I might be a Christian. I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. There was never confusion in Thessalonica. There was, it was clearly those who had believed and joined Paul and Silas and those who were against them. There was no middle uh, uncertain ground. So why is there today? Why are churches filled with people who go, I, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I think I'm a Christian. Used to be, a, what, what's happening there? It's because we've gotten away from a saving faith that turns from and turns to believe in Jesus. And you know what we've done instead? Watch. We've taken the truth about Jesus and we say, Ah. Oh, I can add that to my life. I can add Jesus to my life. That's no problem. I mean, I'm not turning from my life. I'm not turning from that which I used to trust in. I'm just adding Jesus to it. And it's a thought that goes something like this. Hey, sure, hey, you can never be too safe. And that's not a problem. Jesus has done some good things for lots of people I know. I can add Jesus to my life. And there is no... Repentance. There's no changing of mind. There's no turning from what I used to trust in, live for, and put my hope in. There's an adding to. And I hope you're hearing me clearly. The person who has added Jesus to their life is not a child of God. This is not saving faith. This is a self-serving, Jesus can do some good for me. This is not saving faith. What does saving faith do? Saving faith turns from and believes in Savior and Lord. That's saving faith. So let's be clear. The critical turn of the saving faith of the Thessalonians was they turn from a previous belief. They turned to believing in Jesus and they began serving the true and living God. That that was the fullness of the story of their saving faith. And I I want us to capture the criticalness of this because saving faith requires a turning from, not an adding to this is not saving faith. But this can be the popular Christianity of our day. I add this to my life. But to turn from, turn to. And saving faith results not only in a turning from, not an adding to, but a turning to a new life in a new Lord. Follow that? It's a turning to Jesus who is my new life and my new Lord. Let me demonstrate this as well. When a person, well, even in Thessalonica, we're gonna see it. When they turned from that what they were trusting in, believing in, and believed in Jesus, did they still have stuff? Did they still have relationships? Did they still have knowledge? Yeah, so, so what happens to that stuff when you believe in Jesus? Well, there was some folks who would go, well, if you believe in Jesus, it, turning from that means you separate your, your entire life from that and you go climb a tree and you live in a tree by yourself or, or you become literally a, a monk or a, a nun. You understand what I'm saying? That uh, turning to Jesus means uh, that that's not part of my life anymore. But that's not what the scripture says we do. It says when we turn from that which we trusted in and we believe in Jesus, our believing in Jesus results in this. That my resources and my stuff and my relationships and my thoughts become that which serve the one who is my life and Lord now. I don't abandon it. <laughs> it becomes servant to my Savior, no longer ruler of my life. Does that make sense? See, I hope, hope as you have watched and seen the scriptures with me, you've been asking yourself, do I have saving faith? Have I believed in Jesus having turned from that which I trusted in? It's possible that this is you. That you've only added Jesus to your life. And I want to invite you to repent. A change of mind (laughs) that Jesus cannot be added to my life. And I cannot continue to live for this and say I believe in Jesus. To change your mind that this will never satisfy. Only he will. I want to invite you to turn from, believe in, to serve the living and true God. That's saving faith. When Paul thought about the Thessalonians, this is what he thought about right here. Is this your story? I want you to bow, if you would, with me. In the quietness there of your seat, would you look within your own heart and ask yourself some potentially penetrating question. What have I turned from? Have I turned? Do I believe in Jesus or just believe about Jesus? Have you been born again or just trying to be a better person? Matt declares in song, would you agree that nothing in this world could satisfy Jesus? Jesus alone can be your sufficient savior.
1: Christ is my reward in all my devotion. Oh, there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy Christ, my all in all, the joy, of my salvation, and this hope will. is our home Christ is he knows The
0: bowed, maybe this morning you realize that you're not in relationship with God. That you still are deserving of his wrath because you haven't trusted in Jesus. Maybe you realized you've added Jesus to your life but never believed in him. So I want to invite you there in the quietness of your seat to to begin a relationship with God by simply declaring before him, first, just quietly there in your seat, declare, God, I admit that I'm a sinner deserving of your wrath. I admit I cannot save myself. I turn from that which I have lived for and I turn to Jesus, your son. believe in his death in his resurrection and his return. Would you be my forgiver and my leader of new life? Father, thank you that The gift of faith is a gift from you. Thank you that you promise to hear the prayers of all who will call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Now I want to ask you if you just placed faith in Jesus Christ this morning, right now, if you just placed faith in him, you've confessed your sin and believed in him. I want you to ask you to do something bold. Would you be willing to, here in south, even over north, would you just be willing to stand up right now? It's a declaration, I am trusting in Jesus. I trusted in him this morning. Anybody in here willing to admit that by standing right now, I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus. Just like Jasmine did a month ago. You want to begin a relationship with him right now. Jesus loves you and has given his life that you might have forgiveness, newness of life. I wonder if the rest of us would stand with these folks together here in South, over in North. Let's declare together, would we, that we are deciding to follow Jesus.
1: I am deciding to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. I am deciding to follow Jesus, no turning back. you uh,
0: stood this morning in this hour, you're not alone. Folks stood with you in previous hours and there are people rejoicing with you. Uh, you may be like Jasmine and go on, oh, <laughs> I placed faith in Christ but I was too chicken to stand. She emailed me the next day uh, and just said, hey, I was too chicken but I want you to know. If that'd be your story, Doug R, Doug R, last name, Doug R, cfcjacks.com. So Doug R at cfcjacks.com. Or maybe you're going, I didn't pray because I still have questions. I'm not persuaded like they were persuaded. But you have questions. It would be my privilege to just engage with you in any way that would help you know what it means to find life in Jesus as this will not satisfy and this will never fail life abundant life eternal in jesus let me pray for you father thank you for the gift of your saving grace to us thank you for the clear simple truth of the gospel that we would turn from that which we have trusted and believed in you thank you for those who have been born again this morning I pray for them that they might have courage to walk in newness of life thank you that you have promised that you have put your spirit in them so that they have all that they need for life for godliness in relationship with you. We pray this in Christ's name, amen. If you stood and you'd be willing to come up and introduce yourself to me, that'd be awesome. Uh, If you're over in North, Ryan, the one who led the baptism, he'll be up there as well. We'd love to get a chance to meet you. God bless.